0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric Simonson.
0: This is Priscilla
1: Ema. This is Kiersey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to the Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Rouchet. I have great thighs. It's the Net Live right now. Is boom really appropriate? Yep. Really? Yep. You're bringing it today. Yeah. All right. I just got off a plane, 17 hours. So I'll deal with it. I better pep up. Yeah need some pink? Drink pink? I <laughs> <laughs> got some pink last night singing Over the Rainbow. Nice. On the Academy Awards. I haven't seen it all yet. I've just seen highlights. Okay, I saw most of it after I got to the house, after my entire day's journey back from Indianapolis. That was a fun one. Welcome to that live, ladies and gentlemen, 3rd of March, 2014. Kevin Barnett and DJ Rocher, as you can hear, in the home court. We're missing our friend Katie today. I think she's still on the East Coast. And she might stay there for a while, given the weather. A few thousand flights canceled, so we won't have Katie with us today. But we do have Tom Pingle, Director of High Performance from USA Volleyball. The Women's Open tryout just occurred in uh, Colorado Springs. Good event. Nearly 250 athletes participating and being a part of that program. Pretty neat opportunity for those athletes to touch the national team. We will have Tom on to... Discuss putting that event together, why hold that event, what the kids get out of the event, what the coaches get out of, the, out of that event, maybe who's been found in that kind of event. Because you, you have to believe there's scouting going on, but women's volleyball is so big and so vast that maybe there's an athlete out there, yeah, you looked at one time a while back, forgot about, and she could pop up during an event like the Women's Open Trial. And there was a plethora of people there, right? Oh, my goodness. I mean, 106 schools. Wow. 106 schools. That's That alone, that tells you how, met, how many different places there are where volleyball is being played. Creighton, Miami, Duke, South Florida, Alabama State, Air Force, Texas Tech, LSU, just some of the ones on that list. So We'll have Tom Pingle in here to give us kind of an update, recap on what happened there. Speaking of updates and recaps, College of Volleyball Weekly, Jay Hasek in-house. Rob not. Rob's like on a surfing trip or something. Oh, jeez. Jay wishes he was on said surfing trip. Yeah, he does. Instead, he's posting pictures of brunch with the wife, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is working out well for him also. That, and uh, we'll have the usual chatter here on the program. Usual chatter. The usual chatter. Not a lot happening in volleyball right now. Unless you're a fan of overseas, there's some stuff happening there. And if you're not a fan... <laughs> But it's just so far off the beaten path. Yeah. It's, even for for us in our daily lives, fans of volleyball, this stuff is, is pretty far off from your daily existence. And I'm going to give USA Volleyball a ton of credit. With their new website, the stuff that they're doing, they're doing more than they ever have. Did they update it? The site? It's still the squares. Oh, okay. New meaning the last two yeah, years yeah, or something. You. Yeah, yeah, okay. They're doing a better job than they ever have with with their stuff, with getting things out, with letting people know where these athletes are playing. Agreed. Not only the open tryout, but Alicia Glass in Turkey, Jordan Larson in Kazan, Hodge and Fawcett in China. I mean, they give you updates on what's happening with each one of these players' teams as we're getting down to playoff time for these women and the men playing overseas and getting close to getting back to the national team. About a month or so, you'll start to see some athletes, month and a half, Some athletes will start to trickle back. And in two months' time, three months' time, the national teams will be recomposed and going once again. And then we'll have the opportunity to talk about World League, Grand Prix, all the other preparations that go on throughout the year for in this year. Where are we? World Championships. Yep. World Championships coming up this year. And that's exciting. I like World Championships because there's so many teams. There's so much going on. World Cup, a much smaller event. World Cup, only 12 teams, an opportunity to get into Olympic qualification, which is exciting, but not nearly the vast number of teams and matches to talk about. Correct. And then College Sand is starting up. I think just started up or starting up this week, something along those lines. Yeah, College Sand getting underway. Pac-12 will have some coverage of College Sand. I want to say seven or eight events cool. that will be on there. They will have Holly McPeak on there, I think, with Amory Anderson calling the action. All so if right. you, you have Pac-12 Network, tune into that. I am two-thirds of the way through my schedule with Pac-12 and men's, but have a, a quick finish coming in the next couple of weeks, yep. next few weeks, of matches, six to go, 12 down, six to go. There's actually seven matches remaining. On one night, you have two. Dose? Two. Men's Double. volleyball matches. Get your money's worth that night. Uh, you will. You will. So if you're a fan of men's volleyball, it, it, it has never been covered this way. It, unless you go all the way back to perhaps the prime ticket days, Yeah. when it was on the West Coast, only on the West Coast. But as far as national coverage goes, Pac-12 providing more than has ever been done Good. for the men's game. Helps the sport. You've seen a lot of UCLA, a lot of USC, but you get to see a whole bunch of other athletes inside of those matchups. So look forward to that. I have a few matches coming up. I have to look at the schedule here to even know. I, know. I don't have one during the week this week, but I have I'll be at SC, Stanford at USC on the 9th. That'll be Sunday. So I guess technically that's this week, right? Or you could be, Technically it's not. But Sunday's not? No, Sunday's the beginning of the Why week. does the week run I don't know. That way, is. Sunday to Saturday? Why not Monday to Sunday? Isn't that how people divide their weeks up usually? Well, Sunday's God's day, so you're supposed to rest. People don't add Sunday to their, to their Monday. Monday Correct. is the start of a week. Correct, but it's technically... So it should be Monday to Sunday. start of your work... Most people's work week is Monday. But when you say technically, Sunday is the beginning of the week. People aren't like, the end of my week, Saturday. I 100% agree with you. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Agreeing with me makes sense. Yes, this time. Pepperdine at UCLA... That'll be on Tuesday the 11th. And then on Saturday the 15th, I will be at USC UCLA. That'll be at UCLA. On Saturday the 15th? I'll be out of town. Saturday the 15th. You can come to Tuesday at UCLA. Pepperdine, that'll be a good one. The Waves? Yeah. Showdown. All these are good matches. Stanford, USC. Who knows what's up with Stanford? Pepperdine at UCLA. USC at UCLA. UCLA. I believe... Let me make sure here. Yeah, lost twice to Hawaii. I knew they lost the first night. Second night, 3-2. Yep. What are you doing, Bruins? What are you doing? doing? You beat Stanford 3-2. Then you go to Hawaii and you lose twice. How quickly did they turn around and go to Hawaii? Fairly quick. Let me see. When was my match? I can't even remember when these matches happened. It's just too much going on. They they were at Stanford on Monday. Mm-hmm. They played against Hawaii later in the week. Let me look here. On the 28th. So four days later, they played in Hawaii. It's not too much of a turnaround. Right? And I guess I don't think about it now because I traveled so much internationally later in my career and, and now in my life that it's tough when you're a college kid. That's a long flight, five hours. Well, especially if you've, I mean... When you're not used to it. Correct. Time change. I mean, people think... Remember the first time I flew to Hawaii? Like five-hour flight's a long flight. Granted, you're going to Hawaii, so there's not much to complain about. But it is a it's, legiti- it's a legitimately long flight. It takes something out of you. Yeah, for sure. It's no 17 hours from Indy, but it's a long flight. But you weren't on the plane for 17 hours. So stop your complaining. I was asleep in the lobby for <laughs> for an hour. I was in the Delta lounge, lounge for about two hours. I was uh, asleep on the plane from Chicago to here for two hours, probably snoring. Probably catching flies. And uh, finally here in Los Angeles. By the way, high high temperature yesterday or the temperature yesterday when I arrived in Chicago? 12. Ugh. 12. That's cold, Kevin. 12. Did you see the the hockey game on Saturday night? Did you see any highlights of it? I did, but my favorite thing I read on Twitter was J.A. Donde from ESPN. Said he has a hard time watching... The hockey game on TV because the snow keeps changing direction every five seconds. <laughs> I'd say here, here's a part of our remarkable world today. I'm at dinner on Friday night in Indianapolis. I need music for like our weather update each week. St. Elmo's. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah something. <laughs> the Net Live Action Weather. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm at dinner in Indianapolis at St. Elmo's Steakhouse. hmm very famous steakhouse there in Indianapolis. You get a chance to go. Go order the shrimp cocktail. Watch the horseradish on your nose. Watch the horseradish. It will fry your face off, but you'll like it. But I'm at dinner and I'm sitting with my broadcast partner Jim Holly, longtime professional rider, famous rider, and we are enjoying a lovely meal. Mm-hmm. Filet. Nice. Shrimp. Lovely. Half a chocolate cake when you uh, order dessert. Uh, you order dessert, and the, the cake is like a foot and a half tall and two feet wide. So good. And I ate it all. Of course you did. So we're enjoying dinner. We're talking about moto. About Drink. volleyball. Drink. About drinking? Yep. Drink. Are you serious with this music? This ain't almost fire. <laughs> And Jim wants to watch his oldest son, who is a baseball athlete, mm-hmm. at the University of New Mexico, Lobos. Los Lobos? Los Lobos. Okay. He pulls out... I pull out my phone because he does not have a smartphone. Yep. Jim has a flip phone. Okay. And we're sitting at dinner now. He is now watching his son bat. Because you can live stream it. From your phone. From New Mexico. Nice. On my phone, in high def. Technology is great. It's ridiculous. Because I assume there's Wi-Fi at St. Elmo's Fire Restaurant. No, I'm just doing it LTE. Oh, okay, nice. Unbelievable. The next night, I'm watching Supercross, I'm at the arena, and I'm streaming the Blackhawks game live on my phone in HD on the NBC app. It's crazy. Technology. It's you crazy. You literally walk around with a computer in your pocket. Oh, it's nuts. It's nuts. And really, really, really cool. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not sure. You said the name of the restaurant was St. Elmo something, so that's what you got. It is St. Elmo Steakhouse. There you go. So... I'm just I, I I marvel at the world today and you have to wonder in another twenty years, thirty years what it's gonna look like. What are we gonna be doing? Will Google Glass be on everyone's face? Obviously there will be flying cars. There should be. They've been promising it for fifty years. <laughs> and the game of volleyball will still be the same. They'll still be arguing over <laughs> USA volleyball's support for the beach, how many medals they got on the beach. Uh, why the A V P. collapsed for the eighth time. Reeds in his thirty sixth Olympic. <laughs> <laughs> what are we in? 2014. The year is 2034. The AVP went out of business once again in 2032. Technology is so good that Reed now has a full head of gray hair. Reed Pretty Junior <laughs> is gunning for his fourth Olympic Games. It's uh, great. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It just it'd be the same thing. I, I hope for the sake of the sport, indoor, outdoor, everybody, I hope in twenty years I don't pick up a volleyball magazine and I compare the one we have from nineteen eighty seven or two thousand ten to the one from two thousand ten to the one from twenty thirty one. And just go <laughs> seriously? Again? Uh, sir- Seriously, DJ Roget? Yeah, exactly. I can't believe they're doing this again. And we'll still be having technical issues with Fog Talk Radio. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> we'll have the same soundboard, the same janky yeah. setup. All the black foam will be out of these headphones. Yeah. Keep talking about getting a studio. Yeah, we'll <laughs> still be talking about getting a studio. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hope that doesn't happen. Progress, please. Please, sport of volleyball, progress, do something different, behave differently. I don't care. Back to these updates for the women. If you don't know, the United States national team has women playing in Poland, Germany, Azerbaijan, Brazil, Turkey, Japan, Switzerland, Korea, China, Russia, all over the United States, and, or pardon me, the world. And this is just the players from the United States national team. Yeah just the national team athletes there are athletes from other levels that are playing in other countries Romania, Spain, France all over the place. Same with the men. The men are also playing all over the world. So th- this is uh this is a much better website. They have highlights from the women's tri- open tryouts. I give uh, I give good credit here. I do wonder, okay, female Athlete, board of directors, position, open. Female athlete? Yeah. Like they're looking for a female athlete? They are looking for a female athlete to be on the position. This position is held by Carrie Walsh Jennings, who is eligible for re-election. Okay. So does Carrie Walsh get re-elected, or does somebody new end up in the spot? Does she want to get re-elected? I don't know. You'd think that uh, a radio show like ours could find out. You'd think so. <laughs> uh, what's their website? USAV.org? Where are the flying cars? That's a good question. Yeah, if, if you just search USAV and click on it, it's like a Team USA website nowadays. So just click, just hit USAV, and then you can click on over. Good stuff on there. Carson Clark update, men's update. Is that a sitting team update? Sitting team Hundred thousand dollars that they do received I start in the practicing grant? for that. I was just thinking about that today. I got to reg- figure out registration and figure out my own travel schedule. Yeah, write that down in your notes, Kevin. Make that yes. Let me do that. Hang on. Pause the show. Yeah, please. Sitting team. Got to clear. Well, you, me, and Jay—that's three. We only need three more. Four more sub. We need a libero. Who can be our libero? Well, we can only have four and a half scholarships, so. Don't tell that to our sponsor. We want everything. We want the whole thing. Academy Awards. Academy Awards were happening. I enjoyed them. Pretty good show. Ellen, great job. She's quirky, funny, but as somebody pointed out in a review this morning, she's genuine about the whole thing. Yeah, that's, she comes across genuine. For she them. never is like totally cutting somebody's throat, basically. No. And that that's happened with other hosts. Which is amusing sometimes. Uh, yeah, but... She does a nice job. Yeah, I enjoyed him. I thought the speeches were were well done. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed the speech by the woman who won for supporting actress for the Twelve Years of Sleep. Yeah, I heard that was good. Uh, she was excellent. Her her reaction, her speech, all incredible. Really enjoyed it. Did you see that movie? I have not yet. I wanted to. I I won't be able to watch it. I had a friend who who's on. Who gets the tapes? You know, gets the. The Screeners. The Screeners. And I've watched a couple. And I watched Enough Said. It was, it was cute. Yeah. With James Gandolfini. Yeah. It was cute. It was fun. But I tried to watch 12 Years a Slave, but we didn't get it. Dallas Buyers Club. Big okay. win. Matthew McConaughey. Yep. Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. Leto? Leto. Leto. Jared Leto. 30 Seconds to Mars. Yep. He won for Supporting Actor. And, and I... I was glad to see those two win because that subject matter was incredible. The story is, is great. It's well-acted. They love that where you transform yourself. The Academy loves that where you drop like 80 pounds. 47 pounds. 47 pounds. It's crazy. But if you haven't seen Dallas Buyers Club, go see it. Well, and what I, everything I heard about the Oscars, like people who there were no, like, oh, that person shouldn't have won. Like everybody who won was like, yeah, they deserve to win. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just looking for the list here. I was a little surprised that Frozen won the uh, their song category. I thought it was going to be U2 or Pharrell's Happy just because it's so popular. My kids are getting tired of Gravity winning. Well, that movie won for every technical award there was. And how could it not?
2: Hey, amazing. They filmed it in space,
1: Kevin. I mean, come on. They did not film in space. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: That's right. They filmed it in space, as far as we know. Yeah. Sandra Bullock was in space. Best Supporting Actress. Lupita. That's who it is. Lupita, yeah. Yeah, she was She was very genuine fantastic. So it got me thinking once again for this show. Side Out. Well, it comes up. I, I started going through the movies again. All four of them. I started thinking about what awards you could give out for these movies. 1990 Side Out. I thought Best Actor Named After a Candy. Randy Stoklos. Rolo Vincent. (laughs) Rolo Vincent. That category would be repeated, which I did not know, I did not remember, in 2008's Beach Kings. Stein Metzger as Rolo. Oh, no way. Yeah. I forgot. That's how he's listed. Nice. Stein-o. Jaleel White, a.k.a. Urkel. Yep. In Beach Kings. Yep. Listed, hopefully tongue-in-cheekly, as Jason Booty. Chasing booty, yeah. Oh, oh I got it. <laughs> <laughs> seen the movie once. I'm trying to. Yeah, I saw it I once too. Remember. It was crowded too. It was like the whole team was there. I was thinking I should have bought it for five bucks in the airport last fall. On VHS, on DVD, and I should have had it here. I should, I should have it. What I was, should have a copy of Beach Kings in my hand, in my home, to go with Spiker. I wonder if it's available on iTunes. Maybe I'm looking right now. Kudos to Paul Niebuhr. Ollie, former opposite for UCLA for getting the entire movie made for being the director for being the writer. It is on iTunes, everybody. Oh, it's available. Do I have to rent it? It's under. Uh, it's listed under comedy. <laughs> how, just, app- how appropriate. Just in case you're wondering. How appropriate. Betamax. Good question, Sean Manzi. I have a beta tape that I need converted. So if anyone has a working beta machine, let me know. You can rent Beach Kings on iTunes for 3.99 in HD. And or buy it for fourteen ninety nine in HD. If I buy it, I need a physical copy. I could have had it for five bucks. We're living in the digital digital age, Kevin. It's one hour and thirty seven minutes. Studio MGM, genre comedy. (laughs) Don't tell David Charvet that. He played it serious. He played the straight man. I was looking back at at 1990's Side Out, looking at the the trailers for all these films, and I I find it hard to believe that you could find a better film than Side Out. I know Beach Kings tried. Think Side Out is better. Better as in? Of higher quality. Acting, story, shot. But I I need to see Beach Kings again. I need to see them back-to-back in an epic (sighs) volleyball evening. You have the net live just streaming us watching both of those movies <laughs> mystery science theater, three thousand style, yeah, you and me on the couch, easy, barrel of popcorn, two barrels, I'm not sure, two barrels name. of popcorn. I'm not gonna have both of our hands in the popcorn bucket at the same time by accident, <laughs> and then holding hands, and then all of a sudden, Whitney Houston song comes on. It's like "Lady in the Tramp." I except... will always love you. <laughs> Announcer in the DJ, yeah. Later, in "Lady in the Tramp." And I no. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. will always yeah, exactly.
0: love you. <laughs>
1: yes, that would be excellent. But I would, I think, I have to watch these movies back to back. Well, the thing with side out is like it's so ingrained because it was like that really first beach movie that all of us saw. It's done in 1990, the heyday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The middle of the top of Beach Fuddle. Didn't you play the trailer earlier when I got here? I did. We should play it again. We don't have another chord, do we? Sure, it's awful. Here. Hold on, hold on. Let me, hold on. You find it. Hold on. See Thomas Howell, Peter Thornton, Courtney Thorne-Smith. That's, that's actors that have done stuff.
0: Beach Kings.
1: Peter. Chris McGee. Listed as AVP announcer. Not as Chris McGee. Was that a boom? Misty. Man, I got the grinding guitar going. Listening to is this, all... Is this Godsmack that did the, the music? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. That That's Beach Kings. Now, not, not a lot of description there. No. Okay. There's more action. Okay, find Side Out, because see Thomas Howell, Peter Thorne, Courtney Thorne Smith, and this is Peter Thorne after 30-something. Ooh, by the way, Side Out on iTunes listed as drama. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Ireland, who I'd completely forgotten about, is in, 19, in uh, 1990's Side Out. Yeah, Beach Kings. All right, are you upside down? I think so. Oh, yeah, here we go. Enjoy, everybody. That's not it. Seriously? It's a cold
3: and horrible place, sir. That's it. The world is a cold and horrible place, okay?
0: Monroe Clark
1: was just a kid from Milwaukee.
3: Your limo's here, sir. My limo's here?
1: With a summer job in L.A.
3: Not too shabby. Not too shabby. You'll get used to it.
1: All he wanted was to be a lawyer. Not to mention your basic power breakfasts and your endless cocktail parties. And to make some contacts. Monroe? Yes? Come with me. Kathy Ireland. Yep, okay. Deadbeats. Hmm?
3: Liars. Scum. Criminals. Tenants. Tenants. Your job is to serve these deadbeats with a notice to pay or quit.
1: But before he met with success... Paradise. He met Zach Barnes.
3: Trying to evict Zachary Barnes? The bottom line is you're an undesirable tenant.
1: You're not much fun either.
3: He is the original King of the Beach.
0: Ah! I'm talking about bump, spike, chicks, bruise, everything. Bruce.
1: Everything. Bruise. Your is non-existent, but
2: at least your teamwork sucks. What's in it for you?
1: Well, you probably have a bunch of files
4: around your office. What, you want me to lose
2: the files? You think we got a shot? I got a shot. It was a long shot.
1: It's not whether you win or lose.
0: Let's go, Milwaukee! Oh, what was her name? On, Courtney Thompson? Oh, yeah. It's the side you take. No car, no job, no place to live. I'm not cut off for what I do. Sounds like my kind of guy. Side
1: out. Side out. Wow. That's a different trailer. They had a couple different trailers. Playing with the Boys is the one that I found. Oh, yeah. It was uh, stealing music from Top Gun or sharing music with Top Gun, who I had somebody the other day tell me that was like the best volleyball scene in a movie ever. Sure, I remember where I was. Was this person a volleyball person? Uh, No. Okay. Because they were playing in jeans. Yeah. (laughs) And raping the net. There's There's also a commercial recently. I wish I could remember what it was for. But they're playing beach volleyball. And everybody has shoes on. Yeah. I first all, I was like, oh, are they playing in the grass? Like I just saw it like quickly and I re- rewound it because of technology today. And they are wearing shoes in the sand. Bikinis, board shorts, <laughs> shoes. shoes. I nearly rewound a beach commercial yesterday because I noticed as I was tving by it that it was there. On the Academy Awards there was something that featured beach volleyball. Yeah. All right. I will have to find that or if somebody finds that or knows where that is.
2: Okay, like, if you're posting. not going
1: to use people that know how to play volleyball, like, I get it. You know, it's fine. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But huh. shoes in the sand, Kevin, that's something you would do. Hey. Just saying. Really? Yeah. yeah that's true. That's true. But you would do it just because you think you're funny. My ankles would snap like twigs if I tried to wear shoes in the sand. I have a hard time walking with flip-flops in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the excellent VO though, I and mean, that, that is a well-produced film. There's some budget behind that. Side out, behind two different trailers. Yeah, by the real way, stars, the, footage, the quality of the footage of both of those trailers was night and day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I have to put Side Out above it, but we we need to have a a night, a volleyball movie night. I think I'm sick that night. We'll hold it downtown. We'll hold it at Sharkies. Sharkies. You said downtown. Downtown Hermosa. Yeah, yeah. I was searching for other films. Of course, there's 1986 Spiker. Mm -hmm. We have brought that up here on the show before. Starring Jake Gibb, obviously. To the point where it was so bad that I gave it to uh, Nils Nielsen, assistant coach at UCLA. He did not make it through the whole thing. He had to turn it off and go back later to watch it. Because it was too bad? Too awful? It's awful. Mm -hmm. It is really bad. Sometimes forgotten, though, is 2006, All You've Got, Brandon Higa, a friend of mine who has appeared on this show before, currently the head coach at Cal Baptist University for the women. He was the technical coordinator on that. I think several a- athletes we know were in the volleyball scenes of that film in 2006, cool. All You've Got. Very cool. Uh, Ciara, is that how you say her name? Uh, the singer? Yep. She was in it. Michael Dorn. That's right. Lieutenant Worf. Wow. Lieutenant Worf wow. was in all you got. So there's your there's your volleyball connection for him. And I also found in 1994, girls of topless volleyball. No, no. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not sure about this. I've never seen this. It's it quote four girls play topless volleyball. I'm just going to assume that's the description. I'm just going to assume that is a above rated R. Uh, grading for that movie. The funny thing about this film was there's only three women listed as being in the film. How did they God. do that? Maybe one was a twin. They put, <laughs> pretended one was a twin. I'm <laughs> not sure they would have budget for that. I don't understand. So 1994's Girls of Topless Volleyball, my uh, my find of the day on IMDb this morning. Gardhoff said, I always love the ABP dancers, bringing girls who are wearing more than the players. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yeah. So I think the Academy Award would have to go to for Best Picture. Best Picture in the volleyball category, 1990s side out. I have to see Stein as Rolo to give out Best Actor Named After a Candy. It would be either Randy Stoklos or Stein Metzger. I'd forgotten that Jason Ring, his name was Ima, 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 whatever. Nice. Alby was chemo. Yep. Fenoy was Sunny. Phil was Phil. Todd was Todd. Chris McGee. Yeah. Not listed as Chris McGee. This is AVP announcer. AVP announcer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they got Urkel in there. I love it, Paul Neopauli. I love it. Love that you, you support the sport. You got this thing made. You wrote the whole thing. Impressive. Extremely impressive, and I say that with absolute admiration and sincerity. You know, it was originally called, like, The Green Flash or something like that. Correct, and if you look up The Green Flash, you will find it said it was renamed Beach Kings. I don't know why it was called Green Flash to start with. I remember we we interviewed Paul when this came out. It's because um, when you're on the beach of California and you see the sunset, when the sun sets, you're supposed to see The Green Flash. No, I I haven't either, But, but I don't know why you would name the film Green Flash. And have it be all about volleyball. Because you're on the beach. It's like naming a movie Thunderstruck, but it's all about baseball. I don't know if it's like that. It's, <laughs> that was a good try. I don't know. Green, why Green Flash? I don't know. It doesn't matter. They changed the name. Everything starts with the working title, bro. It's true. Except with the Suicide Doors. They always started at the Suicide Doors. I was wearing my white panda shirt this week. Oh, nice. Anybody know who that is? No, nobody knows who it is. I'm supporting the band, though. That's right. I'm on a mission, actually. I want to wear more custom shirts. I want to go all custom shirts. I gave you the number to my clother. Don't need to figure that out. Yes, I do. You look good on TV? Yes, true. But I'm talking about all custom T-shirts. Okay. In this day and age, I should go all custom T-shirts. I've ordered a couple from different places. To see who's printing best, who has the best t-shirt quality. Because yeah, like yeah. this, this is a nice shirt. I'm wearing my NetLive shirt. The Hurley shirt? This is a nice shirt. Uh-huh. But I don't like the XL that's big and fat and heavy-duty cotton. I want the Correct. thinner, tighter cotton. Yep. That's what I want. So if anybody knows of a t-shirt place that does thin white cotton and sublimation, perhaps, okay. I would like the number. If I can design. I want to design. Yeah. Well, talk to Bill at Smack. I still, there's a lot of reasons i got to talk to Bill. Tonight. Let me <laughs> add that to my list. Yep, make it happen. I know you're busy outside of this, but geez. So, new advertiser. You'll be hearing him soon. Awesome. Here on the show. We're excited about that. We're excited about Tom Pinkle coming up here on the program as well as College Volleyball Weekly with Jay Hossick. We'll have more information and fun for you. If you have a thought on other volleyball films or volleyball productions that we have missed, please tell us. TheNetLive at gmail.com. We do read those emails, ladies and gentlemen we do. We'll be right back.
0: Grab your shotgun, cock it back, shoot the sun until the sky is black. Now I sure hope that the sun got freedom, because he going to dance when that music heal. like bang, 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 darkness crawls and in the nighttime I'm camouflaged. Now I Now I, 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 don't know who you are, but girl I want to know if you can move like this, <laughs> and I, 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 don't know if you're going to tell me, but I want to know what your name is, and you, do to make me fall
2: in love with you if you keep on shaking your hips, I'll tell you
1: Welcome back to The Net Live here on Volleyball Magazine. You can email us at any time, thenetlive at gmail.com, or interact with us on Facebook and Twitter. Be sure and follow us on both of those entities as well as Instagram, and that is instagram.com, facebook.com, twitter.com slash thenetlive. Any one of those will help you find us, Kevin Barnett and Jeremy Ruscha. Sitting in the home court here, still to come, College Volleyball Weekly with Jay Hasek. We will try and find out what the heck happened to the UCLA Bruins. We will work on that. Uh, we also have some Beach Partnership news coming up. This is the silly season mm-hmm. for Beach. And I, I saw something with Brittany Hochaver. Yep. Maybe we'll talk about that. I uh, also have Los Angeles Pierce College Hall of Fame news. Oh. Yeah, we'll talk about that big time. But right now, we have our first guest. This past weekend... About 250 athletes decided they would go to Colorado Springs because they want to do some high-altitude training at the training center there, former home of the women's and men's national teams. Players from schools all over the United States, USC, Creighton, Miami, Duke, Texas Tech, LSU, Air Force, 106 schools. If you can name a school, they probably had an athlete show up and try and take their talents to the national team. Head coach Karch Karai ran it with a bevy of assistant coaches and programming coordinators. It was a huge event, and all put together by USA Volleyball's Senior Director of Events and High Performance, Tom Pingle, who joins us now here on The Net Live. Tom. Kevin, how are you? I'm good. I haven't played poker with you, and uh, the Packers have been (laughs) winning over my two teams, so uh, other than that, yeah, no problem. (laughs) Hey, Tom, thanks for joining us here. We know you're at the USAV office. There's a beautiful new blue-glass-clad office just off of uh, I-25, or maybe it's black. I can't remember. But uh, you're there, and this event was huge over the past weekend. I wonder why hold an event like this an absolute open tryout where players can come and try and join the national team.
2: Well, I mean, we've we've been running this tryout for I want to say the last six or seven years, and it was a it was a way to allow athletes to, well, first and foremost, try out to to hopefully get a spot in the national team gym. Um, you know, the chances of that, given the whole makeup of of getting to the national team, getting into on the travel, getting into into the Olympics. Um, it's it's remote. It's tough, but you never know. And and actually, there have been some some situations where kids have, have been seen by the coaches, and they really had been under the radar until coming to this tryout. Uh, there's a number of athletes. Uh, the vast majority of these athletes still have college eligibility remaining. And I, I think, like a lot of the high performance tryouts, it's an opportunity for some of the top athletes in the country to all get together for two-and-a-half days and, and play on the same side of the net as opposed to always across the net from a lot of people that they have either played against or heard about, as, you know, All-Americans, so on and so forth.
1: Well, this is not only for the senior national team, but you stock your other teams, the junior teams, the B team, and other programming through events like this. Do you not?
2: Uh, yes. As I said, primarily it's for the national team, but in the second year of the high-performance cycle, which was uh, – for example, in 2013, and we'll look to do it again in 2015, um, a good chunk of the junior national team eligible athletes are in college, and it was actually Denise Corlett at Stanford that had the idea, said, why not invite the top kids in, whether they're in high school or in college, and we've done that now for a couple, couple of times through, and it's, it's worked out great. Those kids more than hold their own, and a lot of them are in the upper half of the tryout. Um, but, yes, along with, I mean, that's part of the junior national team. It's not the only tryout for that group, but it's, one, it's, it's a primary one. But we also look at athletes who have college eligibility remaining that are not selected to go into the national team gym to populate our, used to be known as the A2 program. This year we renamed it the College National Team Program.
1: The College National Team Program. That seems to make a little more sense. Yeah, I I saw some of the athletes who were there. You guys put up a great video, a recap, about eight minutes long, of some of the athletes who were there, some of the action happening around the coaching staff and so on. People get a feel for what it was like to be a part of that tryout. And I noticed that USC, well-represented with a number of athletes who who we've seen throughout the year, and Ebony Wanabu and the like, who we know are just going to be a sophomore next year, just completed their freshman season, Uh, she's in there. She has to be a national team consideration, at least at this point, but she's at this at this event. Is she invited, or does she have to bring herself? Um,
2: the trial is completely open, so anyone can show up. And it is one of the events that's on the, the list uh, that the NCAA recognizes as something that the colleges can pay for their athletes to attend, you know, pay necessary expenses. So they can pay their travel and their uh, – you know their their tryout fee and so on and so forth. So I would say that probably three fourths, and I'm I'm just estimating, but three fourths of the athletes that come are are being paid by their schools to attend. And it's also
1: a cool opportunity for them to touch the Olympic Training Center. What kind of reactions do you get from these young women when they have an opportunity to be there and, and be a part of of that Olympic movement in general?
2: Oh, it, it's great. I, I mean, we we've looked at the possibility of running the tryout other places um and it it's it simply doesn't make sense from a, a lot of different things and and really it's the Olympic training center the fact that we can get at this time of year that many you know dorm room beds and have the housing and the meals and and, and the training venue that closely connected um, it, it's just We just can't find that anywhere else, and it's a great opportunity. As tough as it is sometimes for athletes from around the country to get into Colorado Springs because of weather issues, and this year we did have a few weather issues, but primarily it wasn't here. It was in the Midwest and the East that was causing problems. Um, I, I think they come here, and they it, it was especially nice this year because it was during the, the Winter Olympics. And, and so while there aren't, weren't a lot of athletes on, on the OTC campus, uh, it was kind of neat sitting down in, in, the, in the dining hall and having the, the TVs on and, and getting to kind of get the Olympic feel. How about the
1: coaching staff? This is a tremendous undertaking for the coaches with 250 athletes. We know head coach Karch Karai was there, Jamie Morrison, who just rejoined the national team as a coach, was there. But you had a variety of other coaches brought in. How do you select those coaches and how do, how do coaches, many of whom listen to our program, get to be a part of your high-performance uh, or events type thing?
2: Um, I mean, Karch and his staff did a fabulous job, and, and this this trout really grew to, um, as Karch would say, a kind of legislated chaos level when we hit the 200 mark, um, and we wave them through. They start on Friday night, go all, all through Saturday, and then finish up Sunday morning, and Karch brings his entire staff in, and then really what we fill in with there's a number of uh, college coaches and other people who volunteer to be evaluators or, and court coaches, and the majority of those are college coaches who accompany their athletes to the tryout and what we tell them if if they like is if they can get to Colorado Springs uh, we will cover the, we'll cover their housing and meals at the OTC and then of course at and local transportation some of them still choose to go into a hotel because they're quite frankly, done with the dorm life. But um, it, it's, uh, it works out well, and without those people coming along, obviously we just wouldn't be able to pull it off. Uh, but we still have people that come in and volunteer who don't have athletes here. They're not college coaches, and we're always looking for that type of help. Um, but if they're interested, they can certainly contact me, and I can put them on the list to receive information for next year. And that really goes for any of our high-performance programs, whether it's girls, boys, uh, summer camps, tryouts. We're always looking for people to help out at those. Um, and if they want to get in touch with us, we can you know, uh, get, them, get them set up with uh, the program that meets their needs, hopefully.
1: So those coaches were able to get there. You organized the trip to the Platte Walmart. You gave them transportation for that?
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I did. not The OTC gets, gets that all taken care of. Uh, as long as they can get themselves to the Colorado Springs, they're covered.
1: And are people still hanging out at the finish line? If I look up on the Internet right now, those coaches who were there, were they probably at the finish line, which is the dive bar across the street from the U.S. Olympic Training Center?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm certainly not going to mention any names, but, yeah, I'm sure it, it, the, the finish line does pretty well. And, and one really nice add to the Olympic Training Center is they've opened up a, an east entrance uh, here since the first of the year that's it's, um, you know right off of... Um, what the heck is that road there? Union. Uh, a union, exactly. Thank you, Kevin. And um, so that way people that are coming in after hours don't have to hop the fence.
1: Finally, they reopened, they've reopened that because <laughs> that was open when I first moved in in 97 and then closed. So they've reopened it, what, 20 years later, 18 years later, whatever yeah, that may be.
2: <laughs> exactly. So it's, uh, Excellent. it makes it real easy. They're right there by Sports Center, too.
1: Yeah, people don't know that the, uh, the Platte Street Walmart was always the big trip when you were looking for something to do, when you had nothing to do living in the dorms there at the U.S. Olympic Training Center. Tom, you do a lot more than just this tryout for USAV. Tell us about the growth of the high-performance programming in the last 10 or 15 years. Where is it really going? Where was it before, and what do you see it doing in the future?
2: Well, the, the high-performance program um, basically began in about 1996, Um, and it was led by Bob Gambardella, and then he took over the national team program, and I came in in 99. But really, uh, the the focus, and that's still the the primary focus, is putting together a youth or a junior national team, both boys and girls, that in the even number years would would compete in the NorSeca Championships and hopefully qualify for the World Championships in the odd number year. Um, And then from that, we just – you know, the tryouts expanded. And, and back in the 90s, there really wasn't even a tryout situation. It was pretty much um, you get reference from coaches or college coaches and get a list of people who, who they think are, are strong prospects, and you, you kind of vet it out that way. And, and in order to kind of expand out and reach, take the tryout to the athlete rather than always expecting the athlete to come to the tryout, um, we've expanded it out to cover the entire country, um, including... We've got to try out uh, this coming weekend in, in Hawaii, for example. Unfortunately, I don't get to cover that one this year. But, uh, oh, man. I know, I know. Um, but it, it's really grown to, to the point where, of course, not only with the teams, but we have A1 and A2 programs, developmental camps, and it really pushes the athlete pipeline to be more of a pyramid, and that, that's always been the goal.
1: Who have you had come through this process, for, through the open tryout and make it to the national team? You say that the, the chances are small and remote and it's tough to get there, but there have to have been people who have kind of jumped up in visibility during that and maybe didn't make the team immediately, but at least had an impact somewhere in your programming.
2: Uh, well, one that, that entered the tryout, came out of the of the tryout uh, last weekend and immediately was invited to the, college, uh, to the national team gym with Steve Robinson this year. Um, she had a great tryout, former player at, at Pepperdine, and, um, and and ironically, a couple of them were on the radar last year, but the w- most notable one was Kim Hill. Um, Kim had been you know, playing indoor and outdoor at Pepperdine as well and had a real good tryout, and the national team coaches invited her in. She went on a, a, a good number of the trips this past year and, and I think started for the team in a lot of those tournaments. So... I mean there's a few of those cases, but a lot of the top prospects who are done with their eligibility are playing overseas right now and they just have to arrange something with uh, the national team staff to to get in the gym and be seen. But there were a few people that um I mean Taylor Simpson who's who's now at Colorado was invited out for a week to kind of just spend some time in the gym and by virtue of her good tryouts both last year and this year. And there have been a number of people that have kind of jumped onto the radar whether they're there this summer Who knows whether they're there in years, we don't know. But as you know, you you, you get your foot in the door, and then you see what happens from there. How about for the
1: men's team, any sort of programming like this going on? I remember in 1997, early 1997, I went to an open tryout at Long Beach State when Doug Beal had first taken over the program, and I'm not sure that program was so much for the athletes as it was for Doug Beal, who had been out of the athlete game for a while to kind of see the college talent that was available. Is this still happening for national team athletes on the male side of the game?
2: There really hasn't, to my knowledge, there really hasn't been an open tryout for probably 10 or 15 years uh, on the men's side. And and, we've had discussions with the national team staff. One of the obstacles there is is their spring season. Uh, It puts it kind of late for them to transition. And I think um, on the men's side, it's not as broad of a talent base, and I think the coaches feel like they have a pretty good handle on, on the top players. Uh, I mean, periodically I'll I'll still follow up with the coaching staff and say, "Hey, do we want to look at doing something like this, so we can do a college national team program or something similar?" And I I do think that uh, John Sparra and and his staff are interested in kind of kicking it around, but it's it's just such a it's just such a, a. kind of a tough logistical question for them right now that I think it's not off the table, but it's something that they're considering, but it's not really imminent, I would say, at this point.
1: How are the new digs there for USA Volleyball? You guys took over uh, what used to be a Prudential real estate building there. It has to be a nicer place than South Circle. Don't have to worry about your car getting
2: broken into if you haven't been to the, if you hadn't been to the old south circle you really truly can't appreciate this new office uh yeah no bullet holes in the windows to speak of no no one's cars have been broken into so um yeah we like it a whole lot it's right off i25 so we get some good we get, we get some periodic people just stopping in and asking where the team is training where's the gym uh, cuz they see the usa volleyball sign they think that the team is still here but uh no we we certainly like it a lot here
1: Is it at all a challenge now with both teams having moved out of Colorado Springs for you guys and your communication with the national teams?
2: Uh, I don't know if it's that much of a challenge. I I think there was a little bit of transition there. I know for my personal role, I have much less to do with the teams than I did when they were here, but uh, I I think the move has been great for the teams. Obviously, they've had wonderful results, and they seem to be getting uh, more training athletes in the spring which was a, was a concern. Uh, there's certainly more things for the athletes to do in in the Southern California area than there was in Colorado Springs. Um, but I, I think that um, the transition has gone well, and, and communication is always improving. It, it's, could it be better? Yeah. I, I don't know if anyone in any walk of life couldn't say the communication couldn't be improved, but I think it's, it's certainly getting better and better all the time.
1: Don't discount the entertainment there, Tom Pingle. I mean, you had the Platt Walmart, the 8th Street Walmart, and the Northern Town Walmart. So there were a lot of places to go. That's three I can think of. <laughs> that,
2: well, that's true. And you ought to know, Kevin. You ought to know.
1: <laughs> Tom Pingle, Senior Director of Events and High Performance at USA Volleyball. Thanks for being with us. It's uh, good to hear how healthy the programming is there with the women's side of the game. And, and really, congratulations on running a fantastic trial. We hope that, that the athletes had a good time and it benefited the national teams.
2: Thank you. I appreciate the time.
1: Cool. Thanks, Tom. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Kevin. Bye. See you at World League. All right. Now, Jeremy, I can think of, he, he said on the men's side of the game, an open tryout really isn't necessary. And it, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. However, I went to the open tryout in 95. Mm-hmm. This is 1995. I'm coming out of junior college. Yep. And nobody knew who I was. Yep. I've been recruited by Pepperdine. There's hundred and, I don't know how many kids in the gym, guys in the gym. We're number 190 coming in as an opposite. Yep. They do, do all this testing. They keep scores. They put numbers up on the board, and they're just putting numbers on the, the the T-shirt numbers. At the end of the day, the number one opposite is number 190. And I'm standing there, and there are four guys going, who's 190? Who's that guy? And this is uh, Paul from Loyola Marymount, who was trying yeah. out as an opposite. Which yep. I, Paul's last name is escaping but an L.A. Pierce guy. Yeah, uh, Several other, Donnie Harris and some of these other guys that were well-known in Division One. Who's 190? Like, Over here, guys. Hi. I'm That's from junior college. <laughs> <laughs> and and I go on to make the B team. Yeah. And, and I think it was a, specifically a B team tryout. I go on to make the B team that year and get no shot at all. Yeah. Because Jim McLaughlin didn't know who I was. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> Thanks. And he had no clue who I was at the time. And maybe I wasn't good enough, but at least give me a shot. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of left into that programming and made my name known in that programming with that open tryout. Yeah, yeah, of course later in 97, I would go to that. I was a known division one commodity, but they held an open tryout. And so you, you had Ryan Millar in there and you had myself and George and, um, trying to think of some of the other guys, Mike Seely was in there and you had all these athletes come into a national team tryout, even some of the former national team athletes. I think chip was there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this was held at long beach state. And that was good for me because Doug Beal was brand new. No idea necessarily yeah. who anybody was except maybe the returning Olympians. And that got me an invite directly to the national team, yes. that tryout. Yeah. I benefited both times from the open tryout format. A few years later, Riley Salmon, gold medalist in 2008, but when he went to join the national team, it was an interconnected group of people who got him a tryout on the national team mm-hmm. because he'd gone out of Pierce. He kind of washed out, became a volleyball mercenary and did all these different things. Finally got convinced to go overseas and play in Livorno in Italy in A2. Had a good season. And it was a combination of, I think, Tim Kelly knowing Doug and somebody else vouching for Riley and saying, hey, you ought to give this kid a shot in 2001. That got Riley on the team. And here's a guy who was an eventual gold medalist. Yeah. I'd love to see the return of the open tryouts for men. I did find it interesting, though, that the men's side, because the men's side of college volleyball is so much smaller than the women's, that uh, they feel like they have a pretty good handle on knowing most of the players. Obviously, there's, there could be a player in the middle of nowhere that nobody knows about, obviously. Those kind of things, percentage-wise, you can't know everybody, for sure. Coastal Carolinas, club, yeah. some of the other programs that have lesser-developed players, yeah, because the guys are coming to the sport later still, mm-hmm. even though it's improved. yeah. I think there's maybe still some diamonds in the rough out there. Oh, there's always going to be. But with, with the women's side, it's so big that somebody has probably seen them. I love that they're running this trial because you want to get them in the gym and, and train them, but you've probably heard their name. In yep. the men's game, you could have not heard somebody's name. That could end up on the national team in a few years, perhaps. Perhaps. Well, let me ask you this, too. If you're on the national team, you're the coach, like how much development do you want the players to have already? Like at a certain level, do I want to stop coaching skill, and now we're coaching you guys playing together as a team? The athlete would have to the be a yeah, The athlete would have to be accepted. Like you don't wanna, you're not out there coaching passing. You're talking 6'6 six, six or above and jumping real high yeah. for you to spend the time to bring them into a gym where they're not really ready. Gotcha. Where you know they're not going to start. It's like a practice squad player. That's why the NFL has practice squads. Yeah. Antonio Gates, perhaps the best tight end in the NFL the last 10 years, practice squad player for two years yep. or a year and a half. Yep. Sometimes you need to develop you need a practice squad. But if he was 5'10", 185, he well, would not have been on the practice squad. They brought him in because he's 6'5", 260 or whatever yeah. he is, right? Yeah. But, but you, those kids might be out there. Phil Dahlhauser. Philip, Philip, Late developing. Correct. Late to the sport. He's pretty good. Yeah, I would say so. Some people, um, so put, him, some people put him on the Mount Rushmore. I love this program for both men and women. As usual, I would like to see it done for the men's side as well. And by the way, what a great... I may have participated in the last event, 1997. Ooh. What a great turnout, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. awesome. That's a lot of people. I love that the women are going. Uh, Hannah Schreyer, Ebony Wanaboo there from USC. A couple of names I, I saw on their video, and, and you get a chance to check it out if you're a fan. And mentioning, yeah, Kim Hill came through the tryout. Yeah, maybe you'd heard her name, but you hadn't seen her play. Kim Hill? Yeah, all she did was start. She was MVP last year. In my in my mind, I believe I named her national team player of the year. Well, B.J. Evans made a good point on here too. Like a lot of these girls that come to this trial, they may know that they're not going to make the national team or get invited, but they're from a D three school, and now they're competing against girls from USC. And then also, and Gardoff made a good point too. Then they're getting words of advice from Karch. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you you're going to touch you're, that national team staff. So you're going to benefit that. You're going to benefit from that regardless, just yeah. being there. Great event. If you're a coach out there with an athlete and thinking about sending them to the, the tryout, stop thinking about it. Just do it. It's something they've been doing for a while, and I encourage you to have your athletes participate. Thanks, Tom Pingle, for coming on and uh, telling us a little bit about it. Yeah, it's very cool. Let's take a short break. AVCA College Volleyball Weekly on the other side. I see Rob on the mic on here. I think we're going to have a full house. We'll talk about Loyola Chicago. Is Rob 7 – who's 949? Jay. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Loyal Chicago beat Lindenwood. They beat up a whole city. I don't no. understand. Nine four nine is Rob, and he is here. Good yeah. job. Maybe he's calling from the surf. He's just sitting on his board in the middle of the water, calling. Technology, man. Hey, man. Technology. Yep. Streaming the show on oh. his waterproof phone. Sorry, it's next week. He'll be surfing. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't remember from their 25-minute uh, Facebook conversation him and Jay had back and forth that you and I were tagged on That My phone just kept blowing up every time they sent a message to each other. I think that was, I think that was partly in Greek. Uh, that was, was great. All right, we're going to have the new ADCA poll. I think there's going to be some movement because there were some losses. There were some, some key matchups happening last week. We'll update you on that as well as give you what to look forward to this next week for men's collegiate volleyball next here on The Night Live. Was good, music was good on the Academy Awards. So I heard. I, haven't seen any I enjoyed it. That show was pretty good last night. Good hosts, good music, nice speeches. One of the best, I think. Uh, I've watched a few, and some of them have just dragged on and on. And people have political statements, and the jokes aren't funny. And oh, it's just lame. I heard that U2 song when it first came out. It's from the Mandela soundtrack, and it was nominated for an Oscar last night. But then I really heard it when they were on the opening night of um, Jimmy Fallon. They did another song on the roof, and then they did like an acoustic version of that song when they were sitting on the couch with Jimmy. And like, very rarely do I get goosebumps. Yeah. When I'm listening to music on TV. Yeah. And they, and I did because Bono, you too as a whole, but Bono is a true rock star. Yeah. Like old school, yes, but does not rock star in like I need to glue my furniture to the ceiling and <laughs> trash my hotel room. <laughs> like not that kind of rock star. He just embodies. <laughs> Who. All of that. Who glued their furniture to the ceiling? Oh, there was all kinds of rumors. Because like, that's funny. Like the uh, Guns N' Roses guy and Motley Crue, like they would just absolutely thrash their well, hotel rooms. I, I know that, but, but taking the room all and, the and furniture gluing it to the ceiling, to the that's ceiling. creative. That would that's be, funny. What do you do if you're the housekeeping people and you come in and the furniture is on the ceiling? <laughs> you, you wonder if you're an Inception is what you wonder. Do I have to make the bed since it's on the ceiling? How does that work? Last night, Kate Blanchett won for Best Actress for her role in Blue Jasmine. And while giving her speech... She was complimenting the other women who were nominated. Julia Roberts also nominated. I did not know. Kate Blanchett, right? Kate Blanchett. What won. was Julia Roberts nominated for? Uh, I'm trying to remember here. Let's see. She was nominated for. I don't even know what movie it would have been. Oh, maybe it was supporting actress. She was nominated for. Well, Kate. Kate won for best actress. Best Actress. Oh, well, okay. So she said something to Julia, though. I thought Julia was nominated somewhere. She Julia oh, yeah, here she was. She was nominated for Best Supporting. No. Did she tell Julia to suck it? <laughs> she did. She said, hashtag suck it. What? And why, though? Like, I just I, saw... Julia was cracking up. I, I know it know. Know was funny, but it's an like, inside why joke. did she... Oh, that's so great. Some sort of inside joke. That's she said, so great. hashtag suck it. That's you know what I mean. so great. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> so that was just a great moment. The other thing, when they did that selfie, that and when been, she said hashtag that you do the, the no, finger, she did, she did not finger finger do that. The the, <laughs> uh, she, the, um, the selfie that Ellen took. I don't know if you heard about this. That she, was one of the biggest tweets that had been retweeted ever. The biggest ever. beat the previous record of four more years after Obama won by like mm-hmm. three times or something. And that was her goal. She said she wanted to have it be the most retweeted photo ever. What does that say, though? By the way, the president's. Tweet. Tells you where the power is. uh, Ellen's tweet. But when she started to do it, all these other celebrities started to kind of get into it. So they were all trying to get in on the action. And it was fun to see them be people. Yeah. And and, and because that gets lost in sports figures as well as celebrities. Because everything's so controlled, because everything's overanalyzed and blown out of proportion everything else, rarely do folks let themselves be people. And you forget when you meet them, they're just people. They are literally all of them are just people. They're just people. They're the same as you and me. They just have a cool job. Coachula said this means or that means that Ellen will be the next president. <laughs> well, there you go. You could have the first female and first gay president all in one. That'd be fine. Can you imagine diplomatic negotiations, basically with with, with Ellen DeGeneres? <laughs> well, well, I was thinking more with Dory, but oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dory as the vice president. Will she speak whale? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I speak whale. <laughs> Where Come are you here? Going? Come here, little fella? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, bring a friend. I brought mine. Uh. Hello. <laughs> it's a great movie, by the way. Uh, yeah, so so good, good overall. Mm-hmm. And I had a connection back to volleyball, but I forget what it From was. From the selfies? The selfies? Yeah, we were we were discussing something earlier, and I had a connection. I keep telling all the, the volleyball players volleyball. they need to be more. And we said this on the show before. You need to be more active online. I was wondering about this the other day. I was coming home yesterday. I put up a couple of things about O'Hare Airport and how it sucks. Yeah, you were crushing them. 20 minutes of free Wi-Fi. 20 minutes of free Wi-Fi. That's And I then they cut you off. Yeah. Really? How much longer are you really in the airport? In today's era? Really? There should be free Wi-Fi everywhere. 20 minutes? Yeah. Jeez. Just, I had to download an app to get 20 minutes. I'm okay with downloading the app, but give me access while I'm there. Correct. Then... Provide an outlet, O'Hare. Mm-hmm. This ain't 1985. We need some outlets out here. You oh. go to other airports, they have outlets. You oh. don't have some kiosk you've got to pay for. More than the four-plug station that some airports have. Or you hunt one down on the back of something that's half torn out. It hasn't been replaced since 1972. You know, I was killing O'Hare. So I just wonder about when you're on Twitter, there's always that, hey, nobody necessarily wants to hear about how sucky my trip is. If you gotta try and be funny about it, perhaps that's better. And how do you edit that? People want to kind of see your personality, your negative personality. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. You need a Mophie, Kevin. I do have a Mophie. I was fine. Stop your complaining. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag suck it, O'Hare. Hashtag suck it. (laughs) What's funny is that uh, I was thinking about just kind of the evolution of people. And when I was waiting for my flight there in India and things were canceled, when I was 23 the national team, I'd be just not outwardly going berserk, but inwardly going berserk and, like, super surly over the fact that the travel was messed up. Well, why, though? You had not, like, here you have your wife and your kids that you're trying to get back to. 23, what, you have to get back to a video game? <laughs> just because I was grumpy. Just because i get grumpy about that sort of stuff. And, and it took me years to just stop with that and years and also many messed up trips. <laughs> Let's be honest, USA yeah, Volleyball. So things are just out of your control. 42 hours to Paris, France. Ugh. I mean, that kind of thing. Um, to beat it out of me. But it's like yesterday, I'm like, all right, well, I got four hours. I'm going to sleep on this bench. This is a really comfortable bench right here. in yeah. Indi- By the way, Indianapolis in the lobby, very comfortable benches. All six, seven of you? Like beds. Oh, all of it. It was huge. Nice. Huge one. Like a giant banquet table size. I slept for an hour comfortably. It was lovely. But just thinking about all the issues, when Flights that get canceled before I get really upset, now I just go, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, we're sorry, Mr. Barnett, but uh, you're going to sit in the middle seat in the back of the plane. And that's how it became with USA Volleyball was, oh, your flight's canceled to uh, Brazil from Miami. You're going to have to find a hotel in Miami with no clothes, no luggage, nothing. Uh, of course we are. <laughs> yeah. That's always what happens. <laughs> let's do it. Here we go. All right, let's do College Volleyball Weekly. Here we go. Speaking of travel, we've got to find out what happened to UCLA on their trip over to Hawaii. Maybe it was a 17-hour adventure that sapped them of all their strength and caused them to drop twice to Hawaii, or maybe the Rainbow Warriors are a force to be reckoned with. We will have to consult our guys here on ABCA College of Volleyball Weekly, a look at what was and a preview of what will be in the world of college volleyball. It's still the men's season. We have tipped over into the second half of the year, but it has not stopped. The enthusiasm, the excitement, and the focus of our experts, Jay Hosick, and Rob on the mic, Rob Sparrow. Welcome, gentlemen. Good Stop morning, by. gentlemen. Just hey, before we get swimming, started, are we
3: just keep swimming?
1: <laughs> you're, you are not, Robbie. Please tell me you're
3: saying
4: that for the rain, not and not because you're oh, yeah. down surfing right now.
3: Yeah, just like Ellen's little little monologue last night. Yeah, we're, we're suffering here in the rain. <laughs>
4: Oh my God. Stormwatch watch 2014. You got a half inch of rain. The whole world's concerned. Yeah, we had
0: mud.
1: <laughs> Hold by. on, Jay. We had three inches of rain the entire previous year. Downtown got four in one day. I mean, come on. I know it rains like six or seven inches a week in some places, but... This place is just not equipped for rain, and we needed it. No, I
4: I agree. And listen, growing growing up in Southern California, the the cycle of madness is you have the you have the droughts, then you have the fires, then you have the mudslides, and it's a yearly cycle, and it's it's <laughs> awful to see. And I and I feel I feel sad for everybody that's lost their houses out there. It's it's really awful. But uh, you, you know the whole the whole thing still rains. Hey, I I want to talk about something else real quick before we get started. Talk about Max
1: in the Clippers, your your son's team. <laughs> Max and the Clippers the dominating Clippers. RBYB. My son Max went from never, or never even played basketball last year, on basically the worst team in the league. Yeah. This year, run to the championship. Nice. I think the <laughs> fifth seed, what? and they won four games over the weekend. They what? are champs. Is this a bad news bear? You no, know, I, I, no, no. They were a good team this year. They were good.
4: When, when you see the picture, the team picture, obviously Max is not one of the taller kids, but who is the giant kid? Is that the Rob City <laughs> equivalent? I mean, there's one kid that's like, a footballer than everybody else on the team.
1: Uh, yeah, that's Aiden, and yes, he's huge and almost unstoppable. <laughs> but I think he might be the same height 10 years from now. I think he may, be, he may have peaked already. I'm not sure. Uh, Mitch <laughs> well, Kupchak got awesome. that game? Yeah, <laughs> that's I sent awesome. the tape already. I sent the tape to, to uh, Dieter. I told him to forward it on to Kupchak that Max, Max is in. <laughs> <Guard. Mr. laughs> uh, that's awesome. Congratulations to Max and his team. Yeah, that was fun. I missed it, but it was a lot of fun. All right, let's get back to business here, boys. And uh Loyola Chicago. Been number one for a couple of weeks. They are fifteen and one. They stay at number one, although just barely. The BYU Cougars are running a campaign worthy of Oscar nomination or the Heisman Trophy. They are winning matches. It's they are twelve and three. They're ranked second now. And Long Beach State in third, Pepperdine in fourth, UCLA in fifth, followed by USC, UC Santa Barbara, Hawaii, Irvine, and Stanford. UCLA at fifth down from third, and, Robbie, i got to ask you, what happened here?
3: Well, I, I think there's a combination of things. So the most obvious thing is I believe that, that Hawaii has been awakened. They are coming through this renaissance midseason, and they realize they got to step it up because Brooks Sador, the, the crushing Canuck, just had a stellar performance all weekend. And he had a combined, I think it's 49 kills, and was hitting over 400 against UCLA. And he just lit it up. UC, uh, Hawaii was serving off the court. And I think this team has finally woken up to, to come play hard against uh, the uh, the remaining games of the season. And then uh, add that to the fact that I think UCLA has got some serious opposite struggles. I mean, uh, on night one, their opposite hit negative 111. On night two, they started a different opposite, hit 222. That's an average of, was it uh, .011 or .0? It was terrible. And, uh, I mean, they're going to need some help with the pins, you know. Gonzalo Carroga, Ro- Robert Page, great players, but gosh, they need this. Uh, they need some help. at <laughs> the opposite. And, and
4: and you look, at, you look at the standings right now in the MPSF, and the fourth through nine spots are, you know, Pepperdine is fourth in that conference at nine and four. Stanford's sitting in the nine spot right now at seven and seven, and all the teams in between are all within those two wins of each other. It's a dogfight, but I'll tell you what, Hawaii definitely helped their cause to get into the playoffs for the because with those two wins because you look down their schedule – and, you know, they're, they're not exactly going to be easy for them. So to take off a team like UCLA, where I think they mentioned that they would be happy with a split and they walk away with two wins, that's a, that's a big weekend
1: for them. Speaking of struggles and losses, the smart kids came in and dissected the Nittany Lions 3-2. <laughs> What happened, Jay Hasek? You're the number 10-ranked team. The yes, nation, Jay, please do tell. <laughs>
4: oh, for crying out loud. I knew it was coming. Well, let's talk about how, uh, how BYU handled Pepperdine in three straight first, or you want to wait for that one?
1: No, no, no we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. We, we'll, no, we'll, we'll talk oh, about by it. By the way, here's, Jay, here's... Jay, hold yes. on. Before you continue, just so you yes. know, you're back to your spot. You're back in your cage. Your team is where they belong. You're 12th. Nice you know we, we missed that spot that's
4: actually the, the, the place that we feel the most comfortable apparently I, I'll tell you what I've, I've been asked this question a few times and I've made the statement over and over for the past couple of years we've been talking about how this conference is getting better and Harvard and Princeton uh, are doing really good things with their programs and they're starting to pick up the, the, the pace a little bit and you know we, we walked into that gym first of all Sam has done such a fabulous job with that program without a ton of support from his administration you know, i, I don 't know how much you 're aware of what the Ivy League does, but it 's pretty much <laughs> it 's pretty much a Division three team competing at the Division one level if you look at it seriously, but Sam has done such a phenomenal job, and Brian Bays at Harvard has done such a phenomenal job that they're starting to get a little bit more support. We walked into a gym that, when, we, when I first went there four or five years ago, there was maybe a couple hundred people in the stands. It wasn't a giant beal. The, the, the team kind of, you know, we walked in and we walked out. We walked in there last night, or last weekend. There were 1,100 people in the stands. They brought out two new bleachers just to fill more people. They had a whole section with people standing in there. The band was in there. You know, they, they've just done a really nice job of promoting that program. And they've got some really good players in there. They've got a couple outside hitters. Cody Kessel, for one, John Kessel's son, is doing a nice job on the right side. They have uh, Schwagler on the left side who's doing some nice things. And their young guy, Stearns, comes in and hits over 300 against us, and that's a nice thing. And so, you know, when people ask us what's wrong or what's going on with that program – there's nothing going on with our program. Princeton is just getting better. Harvard is just getting better, and that's good for us. It's good for the conference, and it's good for kids across the country to see that if they don't get into a place that maybe they really were hoping to play big-time volleyball like a UCLA or USC, they could still go to a place like, uh, like Princeton or Harvard if they have the grades and still play at a very high level, and it's awesome for the conference. It's awesome for volleyball in general.
1: So hats off yeah. to
4: Sam and his team. They, they played
1: well. And it's awesome for them because you get a grade A education, connections, and you'll probably out earn every volleyball athlete anyway. <laughs> um, uh they're
4: <laughs> Their number six outside hitter who never plays will make more money in his first year out of graduation than I have in my whole career. So,
3: <laughs> but you're married to a wonderful wife, Jay. Remember that
1: you're well. <laughs> that's right.
4: My smoking hot trophy wife and I eat well every day, so I'm not complaining.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Harvard and Princeton are just outside the top fifteen. They both got eleven points. Cal State Northridge had eight, but they did not in IPFW. In number fifteen, Ohio State, Ball State, Penn State. It's all about the states from twelve to fourteen. All right, I'm looking through these results here, and I'm looking for UC Irvine to see what they did. They beat UC Santa Barbara, and, Jay, or I mean, uh, Robbie, it's it's maybe settling in for UC Irvine here. What's with the resurgence of the Eaters?
3: (laughs) I I wish I could say things have settled in, but uh, if you look at the uh, stat sheet Daniel Stork set that night, and... uh, He played a majority of the match. Uh, they, he did a really good job of running the offense, got four four eaters and double-digit kills, led by Connor Hughes. who just had a phenomenal night. Um, and then they decided to give Stork a little rest in the third set. Thought they had that one won, and they brought in Frazoni, and they lost that one. We had to go to a fourth. But, I, I, you know, the, the lineup's still being mixed up. They brought in um, Tamir Hirschko to hit oppo for Zach Lacovara in the third, and, you know, he stayed the rest of the way. So, I mean, Yes, we're winning, but the lineup still isn't settled. I think we've got a a deep bench to go to, I think, is what what Niffin's trying to to get as a team culture. So if if they're uh, called on at any time in this run, someone can come in. And they looked really sharp. So uh, I guess that's a good thing. We just don't know who's going to start from uh, one match to the next.
1: Yeah, I have to wonder if that system is going to work. I still don't believe you can play that many different players throughout a year and expect it to all come together at the end, but we will see with Dave Niffin. Jay, what else is happening out east there? I see that Ohio State and Ball State duked it out, but Ohio State came on the losing end of that one.
4: Yeah, Ohio State's uh, Starting to feel some lows here They they lost 3-1 to Ball State And Ball State's doing a nice job they, They've kind of settled into their lineup And, you know, they, they've got a couple of big matches Coming up, us being one of them But uh, in the Midwest, uh, in the Miva IPFW goes 3-1 over Barton Which is another Conference Carolina team Which is starting to make some travel Hope International A uh, little NAIA team in the middle of Fullerton, California Tim Johnson's the head coach Out there, Bear um, beating Grand Canyon 3-1, to which, uh, you know, Hope International is one of those teams that, you know, I, I wonder how long they're going to stay NAIA if they're going to go D2 here, but uh, it's a nice win for them. Uh, Ball State 3-0 over Mount Olive, uh, IPFW 3-0 over Mount Olive. UC San Diego also beat Grand Canyon 3-2. to And uh, in the Conference Carolinas, uh, we've got uh, a couple of teams that beat some EIVA teams. Lise McRae with a 3-0 win over Sacred Heart. Erskine also had a 3-0 win against uh, Sacred Heart. They're doing some nice things over there. And it's, um, you know, Harvard uh, beat Concordia 3-2, which is a nice win for them. Uh, St. Francis 3-1 over George Mason. And uh, Princeton 3-0 over St. Francis. There's going to be some uh, some battles here. If I look at all the conferences, where we were talking about them earlier. You know, we talked about BYU, UCLA, and Long Beach in the top. Three of the MPSF, and then it's a battle for that that eighth and final spot in the MPSF, and there's five teams that are in contention for that. If you look in the MIVA. Loyola is clearly in first place with eight, an eight and no record. Lewis is the next team, and they're at four and two. Ball State's at four and two. IPFW is at three and two. Ohio State's four and three, and Lindenwood is at three and five. But they're all within a one win of each other too. So that could be a real hot contended spot right there. In the EIBA, uh, we're still in first place. Harvard is in second. Princeton's in third. St. Francis in fourth, and in the conference, Carolinas, Erskine is still holding the top spot. Pfeiffer, then Mount Olive, Lees McCrae, and then Limestone, and uh, you know they're all we're all coming down to the second half here, and that's where the rubber really meets the road. We're gonna, it's going to be interesting to see the next few weeks who uh, who's going to start standing out from the rest. Or if it's just going to be a dogfight the rest of the way as well.
1: Pfeiffer. Every time I hear Pfeiffer, I just think about Pfeffernusse. I think they're like a <laughs> puffy, you know, nice German-style cookie with powdered sugar on the outside of it.
0: <laughs> sorry Coastal
1: Carolina. Sorry to continue to make fun of you, but uh, one day one day you will you will be dominant according to Jay, and I hope that day comes because it will mean the sport has grown. Robbie, let and me And it ask is you the conference, the conference Carolina is not Coastal Carolina. That's a university. I'm sorry, Conference <laughs> Carolina. <laughs> and one That's day I'll know education. what it's called anyway. If they're on TV, I'll know more about them. Uh yes. Robbie, let me ask you about Stanford. Currently sitting ninth, They would be out of the playoffs if it started today. But they have some, Some it seems like the most talent with the least results this year. It, they just can't get it together. They've lost 5 times in 5 to good competition. They have a variety of good competition remaining. They have Pep and USC this week. Then Hawaii, USC, Pepperdine again. Then they get Cal, Bath and, and Pacific to end the year along with Irvine and UCSD. So they finish with some very winnable matches, but they've got a tough run now, and they're already in ninth. What is going on with the Cardinal?
3: Well, I think they've, they've made it. I think Coach Kossi's made an adjustment, uh, you know, realizing that, that things just weren't working their way in the fifth, and they're just they're sticking to the basics, taking areas away, and then committing their defenders, their backline defenders, to uh, to get some good transition balls in play. Now, um, how quickly they're going to be able to grasp that, I, I don't know, but, you know, they're, they're – you know, they're outside, they're incredible, between Maholski, Irvin, and uh, Cook. And they've been firing up. In fact, Cook just had a stellar night. He hit well over 600 on his own against the um, Pacific. But, you know, they're I, I, I just not clicking in. Maybe it's the inexperience of, of, of James Shaw, you know, but they are playing good ball. It's just I think that mental aspect of the game is what could be knocking them down, and the, the latter part of each of the matches. So, um, you know, those road, road matches could be a challenge for them. You know, they come to Irvine, you know, if that goes five, I could see that inexperience playing a part if it goes five. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a coin toss. You know, you know how crazy it is in the MPSF. They're just, it, there's no predictability right now.
1: Yeah, that 3-2 loss to UCLA back on the 24th of February, they should have won that 3-0. They lost the first two sets, giving away big leads, and then won the next two, only to lose the fifth. Then they go out and lose to Long Beach State 3-1, defeat Cal State Northridge. So they're still beating the teams they should beat. And getting into the blocking of Stanford, it's interesting. People may or may not know they had a record in the rally score era, 21 blocks in three sets against UC Santa Barbara. That was before Can't the match against off. UCLA. Yeah,
3: they were on fire. They, uh, you know, reading that stat line, I was like, "Gosh, what were they doing?" And you know, um, a coach who shall not go named realized what what Costi was doing. It's like he's just do, having them do the basics, taking areas away. And uh, taking hitters' strong tendencies, and they were they're taking care of business at the net, so they're enforcing what they need to do when it comes to the, the fundamental standpoint. So, I, you know, that if that's gonna, you know, get them some W's here towards the end, you know, we'll see how how it fares on the road for the, the Car- Cardinal team.
4: Yeah, when All you, right, when you it, take into consideration that, that the average team blocks anywhere from two to three balls per set, and you look at seven average per set, that allows you to be a little bit more aggressive maybe with your serving. It allows you to take some chances, uh, you know, with your swings. But, you know, when, you, when you've got that kind of
1: presence at the net, that's that's pretty good. Vinny Lopes chiming in saying that was the first win for Ball State in Ohio since 2006, Good staff wow. right there. I Vinnie Whoa. Lopes <laughs> <there>. <laughs> All right, Jay, we want to look uh, to the upcoming matches and how many times you're going to beat the uh, Sisters of the Poor this week.
4: No, well, we're not actually playing the Sisters of the Poor this week. We're playing at Ohio State on Friday night. Uh, It's going to be the third matchup of our teams in the season so far. We have a 2-0 lead on that, but, you know, it's always a a grind out when you go in someone else's gym. So, obviously, I'll be watching that. Here's some matches that I'm going to be keeping in my eyes. Cal State Northridge at Cal Baptist. Here's why. Northridge is kind of on the outskirts uh, of looking in uh, for the rest of their season to make that eighth spot. If they're going to have any chance at all, they've got to beat the teams that they should beat, and Cal Baptist is one of them. So I'm going to be watching that one uh, and see what happens there. I'm going to be watching UCLA Santa Barbara. I'm going to be watching Stanford versus Pep. BYU-Long Beach will be a good one. Irvine-Hawaii both times, and here's why. Hawaii had a great win this past weekend, a great sweep. And, and Robbie, I know, will be watching this one with bated breath, and I'll let him talk about it more. But for Hawaii to hold on to a nice spot and keep themselves in the playoffs, this is a big weekend for them. So I'm going to be watching that. I'm going to be also watching uh, Harvard versus Princeton Part 2. This is the Ivy League match of the week. <laughs> Uh, And, you know, Harvard got them last time in in five. And Princeton's on a little bit of a roll right now, and I want to see what they do at their place. So that's going to be a big match that I'm going to watch. In the Conference Carolinas, Limestone versus Erskine. Lee's McCray versus Limestone and also Erskine. It's going to be a good weekend of matches for Conference Carolinas. They're going to start to see some separation. And uh, last but not least... Uh, I will be watching St. Francis from our conference going out to play Cal Baptist and Concordia. I want to see how another team from the IBA does. So that's what I'm watching this week, boys. Robbie?
3: All right. On my end, I have to go with the Friday night lights matchups because Friday, March 7th is uh, BYU at Matt Gardoff land at Long Beach State. Um, you got the Battle of the Taylors and. You know, both these teams have been winning, and when they've been winning, they've been just dominating the teams they've been competing against. So, you know, BYU at Long Beach State, that should be a rocking crowd, and if Gardoff is going to be there, hopefully he's going to be firing up all the fan- volleyball fans, because you're going to see some phenomenal play from great individual players, and in Taylor Sander and Taylor Crabb. Um, what I think will be the, the, what will tip the scales is, what will the opposites do for both squads. Now, BYU started a new oppo, Matt Underwood, on, I believe that was on Friday night, who got 15 kills and hit 542. Now, Carson Henniger was not doing bad for that team, but if he comes in and does that, does that off the bench, you know, that could be what could decide the match. Long Beach State, you know, Connor Albright has been playing extremely well, uh, run in the helm, but, you know, when you got you know, Taylor Crabb with 58 attempts with zero errors on, on Saturday night, you know, you're going to go to your, your prize horse, so that's going to be a big match. Stanford-Pepperdine is another one. Not quite sure what's going on with, with Josh Taylor at Pepperdine. Um, you know, Parker Kalmbach has pretty much been the offense for the Ways, and Stanford, you know, we know they're a very talented team. That could be a big night in Malibu and Firestone Fieldhouse. And then, of course, UC Irvine at Hawaii both nights. I mean, this is a crucial turning point for, for both teams, I believe. You know, Irvine's got... Uh, a mini winning streak going but we don't know what lineup they're going to bring and i'm wondering how hawaii is going to scout irvine on that you've got brooks Sador heating up for the the rainbows so those are that's what i'm going with
1: (laughs) all right i like the taylor challenge who is the best taylor this year maybe a showdown of the two potential players of the year in those guys taylor sander and taylor crab both very fun to watch i had a week of taylor's and thoroughly enjoyed watching both of those athletes perform at their highest level. That was a lot of fun. Gentlemen, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of the show. And as always, your information was great, giving us something to watch this week. We'll see you.
3: Hey, I'll catch you from Nicaragua
1: next week. I'll be listening. We'll Uh, be calling in. Robbie. Robbie. (laughs) Don't rub it in. All right, Jay.
0: Jay, (laughs) All right, boys. You can ring the bell and go
1: all on yourself next
0: week.
1: (laughs) You got it. We'll see you, boys. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Once again, getting back to that poll, number one, Loyola Chicago holding on to it. BYU creeping, though, in that number two spot, Long Beach State, Pepperdine, and UCLA, your top five, followed by Southern California, that's USC, UC Santa Barbara, Hawaii, UC Irvine, and Stanford, the top ten, before you get to Lewis, Penn State, Ball State, Ohio State, and IPFW rounding out the top 15 for the men. And you're learning more about collegiate volleyball than you ever thought you'd know. Yep. Aren't you? Good thing. Jeremy. Very good thing. Thanks to those guys for checking in, and uh, we've got a little little Hall of Fame news. HOF? Los Angeles Pierce College. Yeah? Putting in a couple of volleyball players. Where is Los Angeles Pierce College, Kevin? Woodland oh. Hills. Okay. Off the 101. Yeah. And and Victory. victory. Winnetka? Do I know anybody? Winnetka. That, off I, Winnetka, sorry. Do I know anybody that went there? You know a couple people. Okay. Myself? Oh, Kevin Barnett. Bob Samuelson. Oh, yeah. Riley Salmon. Okay. You've met him? Yeah. All athletes from Pierce Junior College. I think it is the, uh, the leading junior college for national team players. I don't think you could find another junior college that has produced three national team athletes in the last 20 years. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. So they're having a Hall of Fame ceremony in the end of May, and uh, yours truly and Bob Samuelson will be headed in. Oh, yes. And I thought, boy, what a great honor, but I also thought this just says... You're old. You're old. <laughs> That's all it says. You're old, man. Hey, not The time is gone. Not everybody gets to go into a Hall of Fame, Kevin. No. No. So uh, I'm stoked to go in to be next to Bob Samuelson, something I never thought would happen when I was looking at Tony Zapata and Bob Samuelson's photos on the wall when I was 18 years old, 19 nice. years old. They're in Big Daddy's office, so... When is this Hall of Fame? May 28th, I believe it is. GMT. Wo- Woodland Hills Country Club. Do you have to give your own... Uh, introductory speech like do you introduce yourself and then thank, i will be hosting thank yourself for uh introducing yourself for once i will attend an event and not MC it nice. yeah yeah i will not be putting myself in the hall of fame but uh maybe there'll be a chance to give a speech awesome say a few words congratulations talk about the program big daddy and i'll go in alongside uh, big daddy this is ken stanley and also marv dunphy Cool. In the L.A. Pierce Junior College Hall of Fame, so I cool would, stuff. I would go, but it's in Woodland Hills, which is a good, you know, probably 15 miles away from my house, so I can't make it. <laughs> Two and a half hours. <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, I'm honored to be next to those men. That's awesome. Uh, and, and those guys who are already into that, so that's very cool. Congratulations. Thank you. So you, you had uh, Beach Partnership News, and I saw some on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I knew about it prior, but then it's now public knowledge. But uh, Brittany Hochaver and uh, Lane Carrico. Ooh, Lane Carrico. we we'll are partnering up. And Lane, who I saw and told her to stop ducking me, and we're going to get her on the show. Yeah, we've been hearing so much about Lane Carrico. Yeah. We don't have an age restriction on this show. We can have on 14-year-olds. It's no big deal, Lane. <laughs> Come on. Come on the show. It's funny. I, uh, this past weekend was a very volley weekend for me, just coincidentally. I ran into uh, Elaine Youngs was in town. Really? From saw Colorado? Her. Yeah. Oh. saw uh, Nicole Brana. Tell me what she's up to. Does she have a partner? Is she playing, or is she? She said up? she's uh, she just had a baby four months ago, Kevin. Okay. Yeah.
2: So now uh, we know where
1: she's been for yes. the last yes thirteen months. Um, she said she's back training out there a little bit. Looks great. Uh, so saw EY, saw Nicole, saw Brittany and Lane over the weekend. Okay. Saw the Fullers from a distance. They were at the Clippers game. Okay. Uh, I saw a lot of pictures from the Clippers game this week. People that I knew that were at. Yeah, the they game. were. Yep. Fuller's one of them. Yep, Fuller's. They had really good seats, by the way. <laughs> They're well, big time. Lauren asked me where my seats, where my DJ booth was. I said, not as, not, as, not as close as your seats to the court. Look up. Yeah, exactly. Basically. <laughs> um, so Brittany Hochaber and Lane Carrico will be partnering up this year. Okay. And that means Lauren and Brooke Sweat are playing together. Lauren and Brooke Sweat. Okay. Yep. And uh, just in case, I think we retweeted on our Facebook page, but um, Ryan Doherty and Nick Lucena are partnering up. If you recall, Nick was on the show and said him and Theo were playing together. Huh. Where does that put Theo? I don't know. Where does that put Todd? Theo? That would be my assumption. That would make sense. Unless Theo enjoyed the beach but wants to play indoor again. I don't know. Does he like playing with a guy who's 52? Yeah, but that guy also has 70-plus victories. Yeah, I'd play with him. I'd pick him up. I'd pick him up. The professor. No, (laughs) el el Professor. Yeah, so I I have no confirmation on the Todd, uh, Theo, or as we like to call him on the show, Theodore. (laughs) Um, Fatma is playing with Whitney Pavlik. Because it was Fatma Sweat before. Correct. So it's Fatma Pavlik? Yep. Okay. And then Kessie, who has said that she's not retiring. Um, I'm not retiring, people. No, but she—I don't believe she wants to play internationally. So, who does she play with domestically? That I do not know as well. Okay. Obviously, uh, you can't. Never mind. I. Nope. I can't ah. partner up. Huh? There's no mixed division. Nope. Man. Sorry, Kim. She could carry me. All right. Interesting. Interesting. What about the men's side of the game? We don't know anything more about. Things happening here, huh, beyond those couple guys? I think it's all pretty much the same. I mean, you have Jake and Casey still partnering Good up. Good year. Phil and Rosie. Yep. Uh, Good year, although not viewed that way by many people. Strangely. Which is funny because, again, we, on paper, they had a Good great year. year. Yeah. Good year. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't win every single tournament like yeah. everybody expected them. Yeah, but when you lose the guys off the couch, that, I think that's how that creeps in. Yeah, towards the end of the year, they were dealing with some injuries and some dental issues and <laughs> children. You know, they, they're, Yeah, there there's some things going on. Life is happening. Yeah. Life is happening for yeah. those guys. Um, yes, yeah, so on the men's. I don't know how. I mean, Casey Jennings was supposed to play with Avatar, mm-hmm. and then they are not. So I heard who Casey's new partner is. I do not know the person's name, and I cannot think of it off the top of my head right now. So it's not somebody that everybody's going to know. So I'll be curious to see that partnership. Tony Torelli? Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yep. Okay. I mean, so early in the beat beat season. I mean, we. You know, I keep hearing yeah, from the ABP that they should be announcing their tour here pretty soon. Um, I've heard rumors and seen speculative dates, so we'll see. We will see. I've heard rumors and uh, speculation for Men's World League. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's some good potential sites. I've he- I've heard of one of them as well. It okay. sounds like two weekends might be in the same place, one in another. Let's say people might have a chance to get out yeah, and see the national team play. Yep. <clears throat> so stay tuned to this program for that because we want you to come out and see those national team athletes. Clay Stanley, healthy again. Pretty, healthy. Matt Anderson, healthy. Should be a better year for that team that really, kind of like Stanford this year in the MPSF, is just a few points, a few matches away, a few sets away from having a much different year even in that developmental first season. Yeah. Could have been a much different year. Um, Still gave him a good grade, but yeah. could have been almost remarkable. Speaking of Reed, weren't we supposed to promo something for him? Yep. Thank you for reminding me yeah. of that. Well. I remember, too. He was supposed to book a guest for us, but never mind about that. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to book that guest this morning, but uh, yeah. There is a fundraiser for UC Santa Barbara. The old coach, of course, for Reed Pretty there at Loyola Marymount, but he's now the head coach at UC Santa Barbara. He has that coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks here. It is the Sandpiper Golf Course playing host on March 15th mm-hmm. to the 5th Annual Gaucho Men's Volleyball Cup. Gaucho. All, all proceeds benefit the UC Santa Barbara men's volleyball team. You can, You can, if you wish, come up. March 14th, watch Pepperdine at UC Santa Barbara. Stay over in Santa Barbara. Beautiful place. Yep. Destination place. In the morning, get up and play a round of 18. Have some lunch. Participate in a silent auction. There will be contests, cash prizes, all kinds of stuff. Give Reed, Reed, Reed Pretty a hug. You could give Reed Pretty a hug. Yep. Entry fee is $200, but you get golf tee, teabag, lunch, some UCSB gear to go with that. And, of course, you're given to a, a great program. And they're actually getting new lights. Inside Rob Jim because of something that got said on the air because Kevin complained about it and they're like you know what we need we actually do need to get new lights Rick threw it out there he said put this in the broadcast will you and it was good that Al Skates chimed in those lights are terrible <laughs> so if you want contact Rick McLaughlin head coach there at eight zero five eight nine three twenty two hundred in his office or R M C L A U ghlin that's r McLaughlin at athletics.ucsb.edu and i would be there but i will actually be in vegas with the pac12 basketball tournament i will also be out of town i will be doing volleyball and or supercross yes so i will not be there but, but reed, reed will be there representing the navajo yep it's a four person scramble so if you have a group of 4 bring a group of 4 if not you can get put on a team and you play best ball should yeah. be fun just say so you no know, reed is going to want to win Get you March 15th, check in, 7.15 a.m. Don't be afraid to come up the night before and watch the March 14th matchup between Pepperdine and UC Santa Barbara. And we'll put a link on it on our Facebook page, too. We will. To help those who get this while driving. And we'll hopefully have Rick next week here on the show. Rick. Did he write you a personal email was like, thanks for calling us out in our lights? Uh, I just heard through Rick. No, oh, okay. Yeah. I think that's it, Jeremy. It's a great show today, Kev. Good we job. We covered everything. Yep. We covered the weather. We said the word moto at one point during the show. Chicks brew everything. <laughs> we had chicks brew and everything. Well, we didn't have chicks, but... Uh, or brew. But we had everything else. It was like... Bump... <laughs> side out. Side out. Chicks brew. <laughs> bump set spike. Brew. There was no bump set spike. It was like the third one was missing. <laughs> bump set, chicks brew everything? Yeah. Unbelievable. 1990 side out. I, I got to give him the best picture award for vo- the genre of volleyball. Well, apparently it was a drama, whereas uh, Beach Kings is a <laughs> Best comedy. Best volleyball comedy? Beach Kings is a comedy. <laughs> so, two different categories. I'm putting Spiker in the comedy category. Those two guys can duke it out. I think Spiker, if you're going for overall comedy in, in film. Like if a movie's so bad. Unintentional comedy? I.e. Sharknado, which I did not see. Right. Like, would you put that in the comedy category just because it's so awful that's the only reason people are going to watch it? It's meant to be awful, though. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You Shark it in, Data was made to be awful. Then do you put it in the comedy category? Sure. Beach Kings, I don't think, it was made to be awful. I think we were serious with that effort. I wouldn't say it was awful. Not awful. Yeah, right. awful's a bad description. Awful's a good description of Spiker. <laughs> it is awful. That one I have not seen. <laughs> yeah, that one's not good. I think we played part of it here one time for you. Soria of Catch Ficelli. Catch Ficelli. Catch Ficelli. That's that's his name, buddy. Good times. Yeah. It's not C. Thomas Howell. Who is it who plays Catch Ficelli? Another little guy. I don't know. Can't think of his name offhand. No. Doesn't matter. Next week, uh, Katie should be back in studio. Katie will be back. We're efforting for Rick McLaughlin. We're also going to have Lance Walker, who actually made the chat board this week. and <laughs> nice. There's a t-shirt connection. Nice. Lance Walker is going to be on the show. We'll have a little junior college update. Still efforting on Salima new associate head coach or head coach oh, in yeah. waiting at Penn State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have her. Thanks to Tom Pingle for coming on the show today and telling us about the 200-plus athlete tryout there that happened in Colorado Springs for the women's national team, and also Jay and Robbie, as usual, checking in, giving you the info and in the lowdown on men's volleyball. It's still pretty amazing that that many people showed up to that tryout. Oh, it's great. It's like the Nuggets holding open tryout. You know, how many people show up? They don't, they don't have a chance but just want to say, hey, I went. Well, if you're Philadelphia Eagles, apparently some guy can make the team. They made a movie out of it with Mark Wahlberg. There you go. That's right. You should know that because they're your favorite team. I should have seen that film, and because I work out with Mark Wahlberg's trainer. How come he doesn't get you all buff like he got The Rock and Mark Wahlberg? Am doing? I not buff? I, think I got work to do. As my son told me yesterday, because he went to a combine that had some ex-NFL guys, he said, Dad, your arms aren't that big. <laughs> well, compared to a dude who's like... 6'5", 320. Yeah, and <laughs> runs a 4.240. Jeez. <laughs> Thanks, Reese. You don't yes. need to be that big for TV. You get too big for TV, Kevin's too big. It adds 10 pounds. Yeah. You know how muscular I look on television? I look great on TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've got to end it there. Thanks for being here on The Net Live. It's been a lot of fun. We look forward to next week. We hope you're getting this via iTunes, enjoying the show. We'll have more guests, more fun, and more volleyball chatter next week. For Jeremy, I'm Kevin. We'll see you again on The Net Live.